Cubs fans, and welcome to Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Bruce, and I am joined today by Juice, the Juice Man himself, and Mr. Okay, Joey, I'm going to sound like such an idiot right now. Is it Ricotta or Ricotta? Because I've been calling you Ricotta since day one. And now that you do your awesome TikTok videos, go follow us on TikTok at Ontap Sportsnet. Um, Joey's giving out bets of the day. You're what, six and one now? Six and one after tonight, yes. Okay. Got it out of the way early, Ron. We got the first half and we got it out of the way early. That's a that's a good uh I like that. That's a good quick seven days of making money. So make sure you go see our boy. But you call yourself Ricotta, and I felt like such an asshole because you've never corrected me. Is it Ricotta? We'll see. Okay, so I'm Italian, full disclosure, obviously. I mean, no. it's kind of obvious. No, <laughs> really. <laughs> like, ricotta, right? Like the ricotta, cheese. Ricotta, yeah. You got yeah, some yeah. ricotta, you know, like you put it in the lasagna, the ricotta. So <laughs> uh, you can say it either way. I mean, it's fine. Like the okay. like Americanized version has always been ricotta. So I've went my whole life saying ricotta, and I, I won't correct anyone because I'm like, you're not wrong. So okay. either All way, right, it's that's fine. That's fair. That's totally fair. I just wasn't terribly sure, but I, I felt like a, a jackass. But no, no, again, you're good. You're good. Joe, I'm gonna keep calling you Ricotta. Joey Ricotta. Now I'm gonna I say like it. It. spice Italian it up a little bit. For that. Yeah. And the juice man himself. Boys, we're talking about good news. We're talking about sad news. We're talking talking a lot of things comes baseball. It's been a busy week since we were last on the mic. Um but again, before I know, I know Joey, we we went into a little side conversation to start things off. But first off. How are you boys doing today? Let's start there, and then we'll get into some Cubs talk. Juice? Oh, I'm good, man. Once. Just uh, <laughs> celebrating a little bit, you know, having some vino. Good hashtag, day. Is it hashtag pop them on a wine bottle? Ooh. Uh, trademarked. Um, <laughs> Tell Tony. <laughs> right? More and more to uh, – but, yeah, I'm with you, Ron, and Joey Cheese over here. So, you know, hey, it's going to be one hell of a, of a show. I'm excited to talk about all the possibilities that now this move kind of opens up and how bright the future becomes because a lot of the alleviated tone of are the Cubs going to just sit on their hands and let Tom Ricketts buy soccer teams (laughs) or are we going to, you know, be a team that's something to be reckoned with I think has been decided. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I like that. That's good positive vibes to start things off. I need that on a Wednesday. Uh, Damn right. Joey, Joey, how are you feeling, buddy? I think, I think I could be wrong for those that are are listening to this in a podcast form and can't see this live broadcast, but you can always watch us live on YouTube and on Facebook and comment with us as well. uh, Add on tap sports net. Suzuki summer is what your name is tonight on the broadcast. So Joey, tell me, I think I know, but. Yeah, are, are is are we walking on sunshine because it's summertime? We're walking on the moon, Ron. Like, we are like walking that. on the moon, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like there isn't. Like, I'm thrilled. I, I am absolutely thrilled, and I know, like, maybe I don't want to get my hopes up too high, and I'm hoping that you can like reel us back down to earth here in a second. But like, the potential is there with this kid, and there were there's a reason why there were so many teams that were interested in this kid. And uh, we can dive into it a little bit further here in a second, but yeah, Ron, like the the name that I posted up here says it all. I'm absolutely through the moon. I like it. I like it, man. And you know what? 
uh, let's let's just start with it, right? Let's get it out of the way. We're all excited about it. I was going to try and save it for the middle of the episode, but that's neither here nor there. It's probably going to take up the first half of the episode anyway. It is Suzuki Summer in Chicago. For those that didn't see, Seiya Suzuki, Japanese slugger, star. He's a three-time gold glover over there as well. Not a big deal. Um, Four-time, Ron. Oh, four-time. I'm sorry. I is thought it, it was four-time. Yeah. I think. If that's the case, excuse me. Uh, apparently, this dude sounds like the next best thing since sliced bread to come out of Japan. Uh, Cubs get him. He picks the Cubs, like you said, Joey, over a number of teams. Uh, it's it's a good it's a good feeling, right? The Cubs finally made a significant move in free agency outside of Marcus Stroman. Don't don't get it twisted. I'm the biggest Stroh guy. Everybody knows that. Big move, but of this like second wave, right? It's like we got to get excited twice. It's are the Cubs going to do something? And then a big pause. And then we were sitting on our hands for a while and thinking the Cubs were going to do the same. And then it comes back out and they, they, they make really shitty moves to start. And at least that is what we thought. We're like, Oh, what is this? We don't want Angleton Simmons as the big flashy, sexy signing. Well, they go get at least a sexy signing. It might not be the only one, but they go out and get Suzuki. So guys, I will, I will turn it to you guys first. Cause I think you guys are, are, you guys are are walking on sunshine, like we said. It's summertime in Chicago because we're thinking about Seon, the cool little chant that they do over in Japan and the bleachers, and him parking balls on Waveland for you know the the summer days that we're going to be enjoying at beautiful Wrigley Field. So, Juice, I'll, I'll start with you, man. Just vent and and tell me, like, what what gets you so hyped about it? Because I, I know there's a little undertone to that that goes deeper, uh, and I already sense it, but I want you to tell all of our listeners as well. What are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that if it well, from what I talked about on the last episode, the Cubs made that move with Marcus Stroman that kind of got you off the ledge, right? It got you away from jumping and being like, man, you sell every player I love, you rip my heart out, you step on it after, and then you kind of just leave me there, right? And there were yeah. some great stories the back half of the year, Patrick Wisdom, you know. Our, our boy Frank Swindell doing, doing his player. thing out there too. Yeah. But let's be honest, like those guys love what they did for the team, but that's flash in the pan. That's not a building block. That's not somebody you look at as – and then they went out and they got Marcus Stroman. And not only were we excited because, you know, it's one of our favorite baseball players that are in the league, and he brings the swag, and he's recruiting out there. But it's also a guy that kind of like got you away even further from, you know, the fact that, you know, you're about to jump off. And now the question for me that I posed at the end of last show, which was what's next? You know, are you going to sit on your hands and have Stroman be the only move? And I alluded to it in the show yesterday, how tradable that that contract is for Marcus Stroman. If they didn't go make a move like this, it would make me think that, if they don't play well, he's a tradable piece too. And I don't care what anybody says about, you know, you know, you're trying to build a culture. Let's be honest. If the Cubs weren't in it, they were going to listen to offers on Marcus Stroman. But now you look at what's going on in this division. Team's not contending. You sign a player like this. I'm not going to say that the Cubs are going to win the division. But they could be a team that gets hot and catches a wild card slot. They yep. could. They absolutely, depending on the moves that are made from here on out, and expanded, how things kind of come together. Postseason too, right? So your teams now. A lot of people are forgetting that we haven't even talked about that, right? Like, so why not? And not only that, you get a guy who's 27 years old, who 
normally you're not looking at a Japanese player who comes over who's less than 31 based on the contracts that they usually sign overseas. So not only do you find a piece that is going to bring fans to Wrigley to watch him play and eyes that normally wouldn't look at Wrigley Field overseas in Japan as well, you bring in a guy who's going to fit not only now but the future. You know, you can build with this kid, and he does a lot of things well, and that's exciting. I'm not going to say that the Cubs are going to be world beaters, and I don't think that anybody here should be excited for that or expect that. But there are certain moves that you make that are franchise moving away from a different point, and I think that this only solidifies that the Cubs expect to contend sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think uh, I think that's kind of the sense that we all got. Because this is, you know, just like you said, this is a move that thinks beyond the current circumstance. This isn't a guy that they're just signing to eat innings while these prospects develop. Think of every one of your favorite, like, daily random Cubs. Shout out to that guy on Twitter. Like, or gal. Could be a girl, too. But, like, the daily random Cub account. Like those guys, give me the Reed yeah. Johnsons of the world. Give me the the Blake DeWitts of the world. Like that's not what this signing is. This signing is very much on, on the end of we're looking at the now to make an impact at, you know, he's 27 and then looking to the future as well. Joey, I know you're, you're just up as high up there as juice is. I mean, hit us with it. What, how are you feeling personally now? And, and kind of building off of what juice has argued is this is a move that we should like. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Juice said, really. I, uh, you know, you look at this type of move and you can see just kind of the building blocks that we have in place that are coming up. And it's like the fact that this is a five year deal. And, you know, we've kind of talked about this pre show. Like you can, you can afford to take this kind of a, a chance on a guy like that. And I mean, it just the potential is all there. Like this guy. He's consistently across all levels. Like I tweeted it out earlier, had like a 943 uh, OPS, like 309 average across all levels last year, 317 over a thousand OPS, 38 home runs, nine stolen bases. So he gives you a little bit of speed, obviously gives you the the glove, the gold gloves, like you mentioned, Um, you know, will he hit 38 home runs in his first season with the Cubs? Probably not. Like it's going to take some time to get there against big league pitching. It's it's a different caliber uh, once you make that step, and he has to get accustomed to things here in America. And we don't know what kind of transition. We don't know really what that's like. We've never had to do that. So sitting here, even for me talking about that and being like, he's going to have to make this transition and whatever. I will never know what that's like to go to a whole entire new country and like meet all these different people and then try to the language barrier and everything that comes along with it. But I will say he seems like from like his videos, he has this intro video and stuff. He seems like this charismatic guy and seems like a great personality type of fit for what the Cubs are doing right now, especially with the kind of young players they have. And those fun players, the Strowmans, the Wisdoms, the Schwindels, like I think he's going to be a great piece in the locker room. I mean, once, of course, he's got to get, you know, familiarized with things and feel comfortable himself. But, you know, we talk about the player potential is there. Like this guy could be legit a 35 plus home run guy with 10 plus steals, like 
bunch of RBIs, a bunch of runs. He could be around a 300 plus the OBP to match around, you know, 375. Like fantasy baseball guru. Oh, fantasy baseball guru. I have a question. Is he worth taking in the top four rounds of your MLB no, fantasy no. draft? No, no, not you're not year. that hyped up about Not it? this year. Not this okay. year. Is if he, it's a, but is he worthy? Is he worthy taking a value pick on? Like, oh yeah, I've already done it. I did it before the signing. Yeah. So oh, okay, all right. Once he came to the Cubs, now today, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like the KB deal. He goes to Coors Field, and you're like, oh, maybe 35, 40 home runs. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling like this is a good landing spot for him. He didn't go to fucking Detroit, and. Not only that, uh, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> go to <yeah>. Detroit. <laughs> didn't go to that ballpark. Good for him. Well, that's actually not a bad place to go right now. But um, hey, if he hits two fifty this year with uh, a good OBP, because he seems like a guy with good plate discipline, I would be very happy with that. With like twenty plus home runs, twenty five home runs, and I think we're gonna get that. So I'm thrilled for the future here. Guys, I told you before we jumped on the show that I was going to be the the more voice of reason. One. Yeah, the voice <laughs> of reason. And I, I will offer up a little voice of reason. And I, I'm trying to tell myself this. Now, whether I can do it is a question in itself. I'm trying to tell myself, like, hey, look, there is totally a chance that, like, he starts out slow. Or, you know, he doesn't get hot till later in the year. Maybe his stats are a little underwhelming to like the big hype, right? Of like, maybe he's a 30, hundred guy right away. I'm just saying, be patient, right? Don't get too hyped. But when you look at the potential, it's hard not to get hyped. And I know I, I will, I will say this and I will take this from uh, a, a, another podcast that I found through TikTok. It was, it's the pick a side podcast. I got to give them credit because this is where I got this term and I totally agree with it. People do fall in love with the word potential so much, right? Prospects, the potential. It's like people crave potential. If like it doesn't, you could be the best at your sport and you will earn disrespect because you don't have the potential. You're already there. You're not, you're not the exciting new potential toy, right? You're, you're just, you're the one you've had for five years, right? You're that old car that you're like, I like you, but like I watch a Porsche drive by and I imagine the potential, (laughs) right? That's just the human mindset. So it, it you have to reel yourself back in a little bit because then at least once he start if he proves himself to be what we all hope he can be, then it's okay. Then we could get really excited, right? Ride that high and the say, yeah, say, yeah, chance in the in the bleachers. Like it's gonna be great. But I am going to get a little hyped up tonight. I am gonna let a little bit of excitement out because just listen to some of these numbers, and I don't care what league you play in. When you do something like this, it's at least taking a, a notice on, right? You're like, oh, wow. Imagine and if that. Ron, before, before you say that, too, I would just like to point out they have some good quality pitchers over there. Like, yeah, they, have oh, guys yeah, they that sure do. Will Absolutely. come here and pitch. So, like, right. and go ahead with the numbers. Go ahead. No, and you're absolutely correct. Like, it's it's not a joke of a league by any stretch of imagination. Um, I mean, again, look. Shohei was playing in, in, in that league, right? Like, it's yeah. a legit league. Here's what we were looking at last year. In 134 games, he slashed 317, 433, 636. So that's a 1069, nice, OPS. 
I mean, he is off the chart. He only struck out one more time than he walked. He struck out 89 times, walked 88 times. He had 88 ribbies, which, sure, that's not the big 100 number. But, again, they play less games. Like, he probably would touch the 100 number in a longer season. And he had 38 bombs, dude. That's insane. And there was a season where he took 103 walks and only struck out 81 times. But his, his power numbers were a little down, so he got more aggressive and took – 20 less walks to hit 10 plus, plus more home runs. <laughs> incredible. That's sensational. That also tells me he's a complete player. And sure, maybe he's not great at everything. Maybe he's not the next generational talent like Shohei Otani was. But maybe he's at least a guy that becomes a regular all-star and is a guy that is very well-respected around the league and maybe wins a couple gold gloves if he's truly that good defensively. And, like, maybe – I'm going to fall in love a little bit with the potential here and jump on your guys' side. I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity, though, that he has. And I think that's what it is because he is going to play. He's like a developing prospect. Like our buddy Brad says, what do you do now with Jay Hay and Hap with Suzuki? Suzuki always gets priority. And Hap's going to get Find his starts. Wherever, yeah, yeah. Hap's going to get his starts. Jay Hay is going to become a very glorified defender off the bench late, late in, in games in a defensive battle or – you just need to give a guy a day off. That's going to be Jay Hayes' role. Jay Hayes' role is to be Mr. Cub in a lot of ways to this team. Be that mentor. Be that leader. You're not necessarily going to play every day and contribute on that level, but you're here to you're here to mentor Brennan Davis. You're here to to be that bigger brother to him and and watch this ascent that happens. Right. It's almost going to be like the Jimmy Butler Dwayne Wade relationship was for the Heat, like. It's big brother, little brother, right? Like they're, you know, Wade's at the end of his and, career was still a good player, but Jimmy's that that upcoming star. And to build on that, Ron, who have we seen play right field as well as Jason Hayward over the span of that time? It's a good chance that Suzuki ends up in right field a lot of times right. too, teaching him how to play maybe the most difficult right field in all of baseball. Yeah. So who yeah, better to point. sit there and who better than a what four time gold? And also too, right like I look at the addition of the DH as now you've opened up more expendability to not worrying as much as having it at bat in the lineup like Jay Hay, right? I mean, you, you look at it as you, you should have a professional hitter in there all the time. So now, yeah, sure, you'd love to have nine strong, but it essentially just becomes a pitcher spot in terms of Jay Hay, and he's not that bad. So you know what I'm saying? So – you bat him ninth when he plays and he's a defensive replacement. And that helps Jay Hay too, because he's clearly better against right-handed pitching. So he can platoon, play a couple different positions, get him in there when the matchup favors him. That way he has more success. And like you said, if you want to put him in as a defensive replacement late in the game, you can absolutely do that. Yeah. And, and you know what, with this team, right, we're starting to see things kind of, come together and there might be another move or two before things all settle down that play some significance. And I'm going to play off a couple comments here. Uh, thanks to our, our guy, uh, Scott from Iowa here, jumping in the comments. Juice, he told you earlier, and I actually, I took this bet just for S and G's on, on, uh, on a sports book plus 1000 Cubs to win the NL central. Scott's saying it. He says, say it juice. The Cubs are going to win the division. And you know what? I, God, I, I, hope I, he's had, right. this, I had this revelation really quick and it no it's it's a good one all right you guys got me flying high i'm excited about this 
And Scott played it perfectly, right? He says, we have the power. We don't know yet about Davis, but Willie can hit for power. Wisdom can hit for power. Suzuki's probably going to hit for some level of power. Schwindel will give you middle-of-the-road power. You have enough power to get by. And maybe they still sign another bat of some significance, and that adds to that. He says the rest of the line is going to hit north of 250. Probably. Even with Schwindel and, and some of these guys probably regressing a little bit, they're probably still going to hit maybe the 260s, 270s. Like, that's realistic. It's not fantastic, but it's not bad. It, you'll take that production from guys that are effectively – that were no-namers as of a year ago. And he says Stroh and, and, and the professor today is Lester and Jake. Maybe not quite that because those guys were power pitchers. But these guys are finesse pitchers, but they're elite finesse pitchers. And, like, they get by playing good defense and, like, you know, being a little different and making it work. Do you guys recall in the end of season press conference when Jed addressed the media that when asked about the plan going into the offseason, what they would do, they were like, are you going to go spend and hit big moves and like make this team super competitive right away? And he goes, no, he goes, I look at two of the teams in the league that I, I, I really think we would like to model our, our rise after we really like what they're doing. Uh, the Giants and the Rays. Does this not feel like a San Francisco Giants S team from last season? Where it's a lot of no namers. That's interesting. It's a lot of no namers that come out of nowhere and can play well. And if they do play well, it's going to be a storyline. You have enough star power that if you get rebound seasons from guys like Willie, you get another power surge from a guy like Wisdom, even though maybe the average isn't there. You get a really nice rookie season from Brendan Davis. Maybe it's not over the moon, but it's solid. You know, maybe you get that legit power here out of Suzuki. Maybe Schwindel surprises you a little bit and still hits like 18 to 22 bombs next year. Now, all of a sudden, you're literally looking at a team that resembles the Giants. Pitchers who you're expecting to bounce back if Hendricks bounces back. If Wade Miley does anything compared to what he did last season. Like, he he might be one of the steals of the offseason if it works out the way it does. $10 million for an, a, 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 an innings, a true innings eater of a lefty. That was the signal for Reds fans because once they got rid of him, not, I'm not saying that that was like everything's falling apart, but but they just let him leave. That they were mad. Reds fans are still mad about yeah. that first. That was the they first like, one that they were like, they were like, wow. deuces. We got. No, they're like, we'll take nothing for him. You can have him on a waiver mm-hmm. pickup. Just take his money. Oh my god, yeah, they valued the dollar. That's and they tried to happened. trade him to the Cubs, I think, and they showed no interest. They said, oh. and then they're like, whoop. Scoop because Jed probably knew he knew. Oh, he's these, yeah. these, these executives talk enough where people probably knew the Reds were gonna gonna sell after last season. Apparently, like, their owner is like from a Reds fan that I talked to quite a bit. Apparently, their owner is like really poor right now. Like, and I don't know how you can be poor from like a ba- being a baseball owner, but I don't know if it's like a it's liquid like, assets or something. Like, unless or unless he, whatever he owns has really struggled as a company because of like maybe the pandemic or something like that, and actually got hit by the pandemic. The real biblical yeah. NOS is not putting in a, a bid on Chelsea FC. Sorry, I had to take that jab where I could. But like, but it, really, that's what this team resembles, right? You, like you steal a guy like Wayne Miley like that away. They resemble a team that if you get bounce back seasons that these guys realistically should have, like they were all very strong and very good for a long time. They just had little hiccups and maybe it was after having a full season after a shortened season, like some guys didn't bounce back right away still. 
who knows? Who knows what it was, right? Like maybe the stamina wasn't there to be, keep up with their stuff. I don't know what it was. Maybe some guys look at Yoan Moncada on the south side, right? Socks on tap, I'm sure, has talked about it here at On Tap Sportsnet. Like he regressed because he had COVID and he said it took him a while to bounce back. Like all these guys are, are just kind of recovering now and, and getting back into their forms again. The Cubs can realistically do that this season. And a guy like Suzuki starts to justify that's how they're trying to build their team. Like, cause look at like with the Giants, right? Like they got resurrection seasons from Longoria and Posey and Belt and, you know, wicked, weird contributions from guys that we really hadn't heard of before the season, like Wade Jr., the one kid. And, you know, the pitching performances, Gaussman went from being a solid, right? I would say he was a solid pitcher to like he was one of the best pitchers in baseball last season and got a big ass contract from the Blue Jays, who now all of a sudden look like the AL East's darling. Like the Giants had a wicked good team that kind of came out of nowhere. And I'm not saying it's gonna happen, right? Again, we'll ground ourselves just a little bit, but it has that's the model they're building after because that what the Giants did, they ended up going for it a little bit maybe too soon because they, they were like all oh, one last run with our old guys. Right. The Cubs don't have that right now. They're that young and upcoming team. So it's like, they don't have to take massive swings this year at the deadline. Maybe they take a couple little ones just to maybe if they're like long-term looking moves. Right. But they don't have to go crazy because they have a system. That's if it comes along in any reasonable capacity, they could be a very good team. And you know who they're they're influenced by. Look at the teams that they've poached talent from. Kantrovitz with Oakland and St. Louis. They constantly are somehow competitive because they draft so well, and they find these low cost guys that can that can work. And the Cubs don't need to go super low cost because they're not small market. But it's that model, right? Because then the you can part about it, Ron. Because you can go crazy if they do that the right way, and they hit on these guys that are like the lower signing guys, the lower trade value expected projected yeah. guys that they turn into something, the reclamation projects that they turn to something like the giants did look at Desclafani, look at like yeah. all those guys over there, right? Like yeah. they, they do so well with pitching. If the Cubs can come become like a powerhouse like that, and maybe they just specialize in one type of category, or maybe it's a couple, but they like build like that. The Cubs will have the money to spend Unlike these other teams, like the A's, they won't have to go through this flippage every freaking year. Yeah, they can compete for a You become the Dodgers period. at that point. At that yeah. point, yeah. you become the oh, Dodgers. You become, yeah, exactly. Or you become exactly. – you become... That's what you've been chasing for, you know, the what, the Dodgers went to the World Series, what, three, four years in a row? So at that point, that, that's what you are. You're, you're constantly giving yourself a chance to win the whole thing over and over and over again. And that's yeah. – and, and not only that, you're looking at – like you said, able to add front of the line proven talent that you also didn't grow. You know, I mean, they went out and they got Max Scherzer. They they got, you know, Turner who's who's sitting there. They didn't grow that. And they're also not worried about it because they got, you know, they're always within the top 15, uh, you know, 12 in baseball in the farm as well. So you're looking at an abundance of just talent that you're able to if you're one piece away this is why everybody should be so excited to be a cub fan right now because the cubs are the definition of flexibility within minor league and major league 
They have money to spend, and they have tons of position players and pitchers. They didn't have this the last time. They had position players that were stocked in the in the farm system. Uh-oh. News? Uh, personal news that relates to what we're doing right now. You're talking about getting hyped, right, Juice? Like, I was sitting here fantasizing about being at Wrigley on opening day. Okay. I hit the pre-sale. I could buy tickets for opening day early. <laughs> Don't do that. I think yet. I could I buy that, them tomorrow. I thought I thought Carlos Correa had signed. Dude, seriously. Or, seriously. Like, I'm Cubs sorry. Had, I got had, excited. Cubs had traded for, you know, a I'm Cleveland sorry. pitcher that's going right. to be successful, like, next year. Oh, okay. He's, like, pointing at his phone, like, I'm like, uh, I'm excited. Leave me alone. Back to no, my, back to, you're but, excited, Rob. We're excited just for the, you. The, the number of the amount of flexibility that this front office now has. Now you look at a guy like Correa, and yeah, you want it, but you don't need it because you have all these guys in in the minors as well that you're not, you know, you're confident in, and you also look at the future as. I have extra money to spend if I miss on a guy like this. I know that I have Stroman and Suzuki in my back pocket already. You know, if the Cubs were, if we're sitting here having this podcast yesterday, we're probably still singing the same sad tune, right? Of, of what's coming, what's the direction. The flexibility that this, this team has with their payroll now and with the future of all positions too. They have a lot of guys who are able to play around the diamond and a lot of guys who are willing to come up with this team and be flexible with where they're going to play. So I think, you know, next year, year after year after that, plus the sell-off of all the guys we loved left the Cubs farm system so plentiful. And they've drafted well, and they've brought in player development that is going to continue past A and into the the major leagues to develop and fine-tooth these, you know, attributes that these guys have even more. So if you're if you're still a sad sack Cub fan, get off the bandwagon now. <laughs> yeah. Off, it's over. Like that the whole hey, you sold off the guys I love. Get over it. I, I understand over. I understand like when you see these guys go to a new team, like when you see, like, we already saw it when they were traded, but, like, when you see the, the money, like, everybody's looking at the money, these contracts held up well. Like, the Baez held up well, the offer that the Cubs gave him that Hoyer said would hold up well. The Rizzo one held up well. He took fewer years, a little bit, you know, whatever, a little bit more, I believe, right? AAV-wise is a little bit more. It's but, very similar to the contract they just gave out to Suzuki. Yeah. Right, right. That, that they were going to give to Rizzo. Yeah, and he had more certainty with the Cubs, though, if he were to take that deal. So, like, and then Bryant, I would have given him the money for every single dollar that the Rockies gave him. I think he's worth that and a little bit more, right? But the problem is the no trade clause also comes into play. Like, the Rockies, maybe it's because they're the Rockies. Like, you're not going to be able to lure these eight free agents without offering something that's a little bit different or unique. First of all, I have no idea what the Rockies are doing, what direction they're headed in. Glad we're the Cubs and not the Rockies, but um, yeah, same thing with the Reds, A's. We could we could talk on and on. Like people, we are kind of spoiled being Chicago Cubs fans now. Let's be honest, not just us, but like That's every Cubs fan. To hear. 
a little bit spoiled. It is nice to hear. We lived through the golden era of baseball, and we've had a competitive team. Like it or not, like everybody's like, we should be competing every year. Yes, we should be, but we have. So up until last season, we've competed every single year. So what more could you really ask for other than you want them to spend money on guys? They picked a direction. They've, they've, without saying it so much, they've picked a direction and they've stuck with it and they have a plan. And listen, like Sia Suzuki, Saya, Sia, I don't know. I always keep messing his name up. Saya. 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 Okay. Saya. Saya. I know. I saw the video. It's all you got to remember, dude. It's the little chant. Just the Saya. Saya. <laughs> That's all you got to remember. Fucking Ron. All right. Saya Suzuki. That's how I, I mean, remember. If he turns into half the player or like three-fourths of the player that we think he can be, that's a steal for his price, for his years. Now you're talking. Like, now you are talking next year, trade deadline moves. You're talking like this team can really take off. And then you have the the, the guys that once these guys develop even further, Brendan Davis was not a top 15 prospect up until last season, right? So these guys develop further in the system. They become – hotter commodities on the trade block too so when they they increase their value that way once we develop them if we continue to develop these guys now you're talking you can go out there and get a big stud pitcher in, in the trade market you can go ahead and get a big stud you know lefty bat power masher whatever you want the options are open so i don't know man maybe i'm like just way too pumped up tonight but i i see it and i love it yeah, it's it's worth getting excited about. There's something here to actually like give a shit about this team for this year. It's not just another rebuild year. Yeah, it is another rebuild year, quote unquote, because there's it's still another year of development for prospects. Uh, according to uh, Brian Smith on Twitter, friend of the program, we'll, we'll, we'll shout out to him. Um, he says that three top 10 prospects for the Cubs will be playing in one of the split squad games tomorrow. So another reason to tune in at those split squad games, if you can at three Oh five tomorrow starts spring training baseball. Hell yeah. Let's go. That's what we should be excited about tonight. We're excited about two things. Like it's, it, it could be, and it looks like Jordan Wicks is one of them. So now all of a sudden you look nice. at a first round pick, right? We'll, we'll, let's, we'll hype up the prospect system a little bit. We'll, we'll go off a little track. We'll get to the depth signings and we'll talk a little more about, Chris and Briz and all of them later, but like you have Wicks who's after everything's been re-ranked, he's what number six, number five in the system right now. He's he's up there. They really like what he did last year. And you know, because with prospects, baseball operates a year in arrears, right? You don't know how much they progress until the end of the season when you fully evaluate how they did. And it's like, until that happens, it's, oh, well, this is what we think, what we've seen so far, right? It's all just base reports and, ooh, it's mystery, right? I think that's why we like prospects. It's like a big mystery game. And all of a sudden, now you're seeing some of these guys. Killian might get a look tomorrow, right? He's been looking incredible, apparently. Like, your system's coming. It's a rebuild year, quote-unquote. But they are going to be competitive. They're going to make a little bit of noise. Like Juice said, they can absolutely sneak into that last wild card spot if they get hot. Like, that chance is there. It's not guaranteed to happen, obviously. No shit, Dick Tracy. But, like, there's a chance. There's a legit chance it could happen. And that's something to at least get up for, right? We all 
we all tell ourselves every year we're not going to be a negative Nani and we're not going to we're not going to get up for the letdown, right? But of course you get up. It's Cubs baseball. Like we we were threatened with maybe not even having a season this year. Like there was legit fear that the game was going to go away again. And we've just like missed out on some of the best years potentially of baseball. Mike Trout's prime, Otani, you know, these Cubs teams, just things we've missed out on, right? Like this is a time now to rebound for the sport. We're going to get up. We're going to get excited. And it, it, there's reason here to be excited. And that signing is certainly a good start to that. And gentlemen, we will steer it back a little bit onto the news, right? Depth signings though in the, in the bullpen, they're really playing bullpen. Like they're banking on that pitch lab, baby. They are putting all their chips behind the pitch lab because you got guys like David Robertson and Jesse Chavez and, um, Stephen Brault and some of these other guys now that are coming in on like really small deals. Hoyer's lost for the year. That really fucking sucks. That makes me so mad. Like that that's worth an F bomb on that one because like there was really, there's a chance for him to be really special. I think he still will be, but it sucks. We lose him for a year. Like there is some, it's going to be piecemeal in the bullpen, but like some of these guys might rebound. The Cubs are notorious for finding some dude that we all don't get excited about that. Like, perform surprisingly well and either gets dealt if they're like, man, you know, or they're like not in it or a guy that sticks around and helps you compete in like a potential pennant race at the end of the season, which would just be exciting. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be pretty cool. So there, there's a lot to be excited about, but tell me, what do you guys feel about some of these, these bullpen guys? Like, honestly, tell me what you feel because like, I, Chavez, I can kind of get up for because he was still kind of okay last season. And like, yeah, Robertson, I'm not going to get terribly up for. Or like, I like the Brault one. It's kind of sneaky good. Like, what do you guys think? Because there is a little something to be thought about here. Again, if we think of that Giants model, right? They're the pitcher reclamation projects. Like this year, it's going to probably come out of the bullpen. Joey Cheese, have at it. Yeah, I mean... I kind of spent, <laughs> I feel like my fingers are hurting. I was writing so much today, uh, more than I normally do. So I, I was writing about these guys. The news was breaking and I had a chance to kind of look into them a little bit. And I mean, obviously we know Jesse Chavez because we saw him here. Uh, he, dude was kind of a vibe. Like he was <laughs> like with his <laughs> like goggles on and you know, he had that fastball that would be it looked like it was going to be low and it had that nice ride to it and it would just catch the knees like bottom level of strike zone just catch the knees and that's what i remember from Jesse Chavez his time with the cubs and he pitched well i mean he pitched well last season i believe he had some bumps in the road after he left the cubs but maybe there's still something there so i like that and then chris martin too like you were talking about him already a little bit with uh, I can't remember if that was pre-show or this show, but little little pre-show, little, little pre-show. pre-show. We we talk a little bit before we hop on here, but a um, little pull back the curtain moment. Um, but yeah, he's he's a guy that's like good middle relief guy. I mean, I know some Braves fans will remember the big bomb he gave up to Cody Bellinger. <laughs> They're like, oh, you can have him. <laughs> But he was solid other than that. He didn't give up many bombs. He's a low walk rate guy, right? His ground ball rate, I think, is pretty solid. So I like that move. You know, both, all these guys are kind of older other than, I think, Brawl. I'm not sure what his exact age was. I forget now off the top of my head. But uh, now I'm trying to think of the other move that we made. Brawl, though, like you said, 
I'm intrigued by him because 2020 he showed flashes of like kind of turning a corner and then he had the injury. Walt is 29. 29. So he's the youngest one of that bunch. And he probably has the most potential. You could swing him between uh starter and reliever too. He could be a starter, back end starter, or he could be like a long relief guy. And they don't really have many lefties in that pen now. So I I like the move. I think that's like a sneaky, kind of like you said, Ron, sneaky move where that could pan out because he dealt with some injuries. And if you look at last season alone, his first four starts, I believe, back from he missed most of the season. Uh, his first four starts back, he kind of looked like the old Brault or the Brault that we saw in 2020. And then I don't know if it was like some of the injury that was kind of like leading into his struggles right before he eventually got shut down for the year. But if that's the case, then there's something to be had about like with Brault. I really like that move um, as a real sneaky move. And I can't remember the fourth one. What was the fourth one? Chavez, Martin, Brault. And there was one more. Oh, Robertson. Robertson. Right? Daniel Robertson. The yeah. uh, Remind our, our friends over at Sox on Tap, the White Sox <laughs> legend, David Robertson. Yeah, White Sox legend, David Robertson. I kind of forget how he did with them, to be 100% honest with you. You can probably remind him a little bit more about that. But I know he's also a Yankees legend. Uh, I got reminded that on Twitter today. Uh, you know, yeah, hey. Because Yankees fans are the worst, but continue. <laughs> hey, I've been getting along with some of the Yankees fans, so I will not talk as bad are, about them, Ron. I'll are, let you do that. You are a kindred spirit because I, I, I don't have the patience nowadays. Some of them are all right, though. I'll say that. They defend their players like we defend ours, I think, a lot of times. Oh, 100%. Dude, and, Cubs, fans are, Cubs fans are probably like – Top, top seven, probably higher than that. Even of like, <laughs> defending like, your like dudes. how you came to seven. Top Dude, seven. it's defending not even seven. Dudes. It's like top. No, three. it's like top yeah. like three or four. Yeah. If we like, learned anything from this free agent market this off season, we got to. Yeah, there was a lot of good for Schwarbers, good for Rizzo's, good for yeah. Bryant's. And also, if we weren't Boston or we still New York, we would we would be in the top two. Let's it's that honest. Midwest, yeah. that weird Midwestern love where we like. Yeah. We nag and bitch at each other all the time, but like we adore each other. It's yeah, really strange. Yeah, you don't, we're only we're allowed to pick on our own, but it's, yeah, we pick on our own exactly. Yeah. As soon as the guy signs, you get the Midwest slogans too. You get the quote tweets with the Ope. There yep. he goes. Yep, Ope, wish him the Ope. best. <laughs> I am, Ope, I am, let me slide right past you. I am very guilty of using the word Ope. It's bad. Of course, that's it's, it's that's super, Midwest thing. It's, it's bad, but it's like hardcore Midwesterner. It's 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 pretty atrocious. But Joey Cheese, know. continue. Sorry, we got you. No, no, I, I love this. I don't even care. I I forget where I was actually going. I know David Robertson are talking about. Uh, it's, yeah, David Robertson or Daniel Robertson. You might have fucked me up. I there's a Daniel David Robertson, great center. <laughs> it's yeah, David. It's David Robertson. It's David Robertson. Okay. There's so, there's center, names though. here that like they blend together certain names. Yeah. Just kind of... Okay. David so, Robinson, great Spurs center. <laughs> David Robinson. That's exactly David great Robinson. Spurs center. And then you have Tim Duncan right after that. So they just had the the wealth of centers and power forwards there. Damn right. None of them could pitch. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> None of them could pitch. Like they, they might have had a mean changeup though, or like Ethan's pitch. <laughs> Um, where are we at? So I, I like Robert Robinson because like what he showed last year, he hasn't really pitched much. He missed 
basically all of last year until like towards the end he, pit, he played he pitched like 12 innings and then he pitched four innings in the postseason and the year before that i think he missed as well 2020 so i don't know i'm intrigued because he looked pretty good and he looks a little bit unlucky like some of the metrics too if you look at like stat cast and stuff like that um there were certain things that he was a little bit unlucky last year so his numbers even regular season they're not quite what they should be i don't believe but um postseason he didn't allow a run four innings four scoreless innings in the postseason i think he only had one walk and two strikeouts um if i'm remembering my article correctly because i was researching this as i was doing it but you know off the top of the dome, we never know once we crap, crack them a couple times. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like this move because maybe there's something left there. And then you got to consider that they wouldn't have given him a major league contract. They would have just given him a minor league contract if they didn't think there was any life left there. And he wouldn't be pitching postseason games and giving up zero runs if he had nothing left. So I think this is a solid move. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But why not for the contract? If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. <laughs> that sounds horrible. No, I don't want him to get hurt. To build, to build on that, just to kind of jump in, to build on it, I think the beginning of the season is going to warrant a lot of that. You know, if we've kind of seen David Ross put a lot of guys in different situations to figure out how they respond. And early on in the year, I think that we're going to see that. I do think that if the Cubs are able to – stay afloat and contend and stay closer within the division. We'll start to foresee some minor league names, maybe get their shot maybe a little sooner rather than later. Um, I wanted to pose a question to both of you. And I know there's so much value in starting pitching, but for the future, we talked about 2023 being a huge starting pitching market and the Cubs looking fairly okay for the next couple of years like that. Do you think it's possible that the Cubs look to move friend of the show, Justin Steele, back to the bullpen because there is such a value to the three-inning guy who everybody's afraid to get to? I mean, I, we we see the Brewers every year, and it's like if you're not leading by the sixth, this is over. You know, it's, this is haters coming and, in. And most of the time you're not it. because they're trotting out Burns and – Woodruff and Peralta right so it's like do you do you see the Cubs maybe moving our boy friend of the show Justin Seal back to the bullpen because he is more valuable in that sense because your bullpen doesn't have the high leverage arms needed along with a Keegan Thompson that obviously did not have the success that we thought we would last year you know at the end of the year when he was given the opportunity to start Maybe he is better suited for that role. The problem with that is, is if you get rid of that, what do you do with the rotation? You know, you can't just keep running. And I love Alec Mills. I think he's great. But what's the depth after that? And I think that's why as we sit here today, the moves that they made with Chavez and, and Roberts, it's it's guy, it's depth guys. And if there's not another move, then we look at it as, man, this bullpen is going to be bad absolutely horrible because let's be honest there's a lot of guys who are over there but i wonder if there is something in play for another starting pitcher who maybe fits you know that fourth or fifth starter a little better as depth so that they do have that option to move steel back to the bullpen would i love it 
No, because I want to see him pan his career out as a starter as well, because there is so much value in that. But if you look in the minor leagues too, the Cubs have so many starters down there that are going to be here soon. Maybe you're eventually having to kick him back to the bullpen no matter what. So I'm yeah. curious what your guys' thoughts on that were. It's well, certainly fair. I mean, I think he's got to be he's got to be the first love though, right? Of this Jed Hoya era, like he's got to be the first pitcher that they've organically developed in forever, right? Remember that stat that came out when he started, and it was like the first starting pitcher the Cubs have actually organically developed in like some absurd amount of like starts and it was like the longest streak in the major leagues it spanned Mm -hmm. back i can't even recall like 2013 or 2012 it was it goes that far back yeah and it was like samarja right like it was probably jeff samarja so it it was a long time don't get me wrong i i'm spitballing here because i look at this is like break the glass move for me like if you're if you're still competitive and you're losing games because of the bullpen, and you have that sixth guy that you feel comfortable with, why wouldn't you think about doing it? Because like we said, baseball's stupid and weird. If you get into the 12th slot, you could run the you could run the table, win the whole thing, and why not if everything falls in? Now, obviously, this is this is 60, 70 games away from that even happening and everything going right. I just, I pose that as, is, this is a question to start asking as you watch him this year, is Justin Steele better or on par with Caleb Killian, with Jordan Weeks, Wicks, with, you know, that's when you start to look at, like, that's how you're going to be building for the future. Is it best served to move him now? I need to. Sorry, you got some thoughts, Ron? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, I think maybe you can, you don't have to, like, move him at all, I don't think. Like, you can bump him back into maybe a bullpen role for maybe a season, you know, because you have Miley or whatever. But, like, I think it's totally plausible that just because he's older doesn't mean he can't be, like, the fourth or fifth guy and one of those young guys becomes, like, a one or a two. No, no, and that's that's not – I'm more or less looking for, like, the next two years here. So it's – and then that kind of looks towards the future for his, his I think it depends. as well. I think you need to give him the chance to, like, okay, he knows he's a starter now. He prepared, like, a starter. Okay. Like, maybe he has that, like – leap that like takes that next step in this coming season if he does that then maybe he's okay as the five and that's that's good enough for them to be competitive you know while Achillian and those kind of guys are still kind of you know coming along a little bit but then and to be honest as well like I think he showed enough at the end of the season where I can make a case for only maybe one other pitcher on the market right now that's still available that would be better than that. Give him the chance. Just give him the opportunity. Can I guess who that is? The one guy on the market? (laughs) Yes, you can. Go ahead. Just just for shits and giggles. S and G's, as you put it earlier. Um, Michael Pineda. No. At least, I mean, he's not bad, so he's – a, so there's was, two out there. He was two and a half war, but he's 33. I don't think he's. I don't think it's worth a season of him 
over a development year of steel. So I can't justify uh, that. Well, this kind of this kind of too like turns into what's more valuable, him in the fifth spot or him pitching every other day in a crappy bullpen. Yeah. That's what this kind of conversation becomes. Sure. Well, yeah. Well, more and valuable. If, and and I'll, they, right. I'll say this too. We talked about lefties earlier too. We got Brault now. We don't know like what his role is going to be, starter, reliever, whatever. We don't have many lefties though in the pen. We have Brad Wick. Uh, and then what do we have in the pen as far as lefties go? So Steele makes sense as another lefty, but like you're talking, this guy could be like a stretch type of arm too. And I'm also looking at how dominant his fastball actually like is from the metrics point of view. Um, but at least it was last year, like just looking at the numbers, his fastball plays one time through the order very well. Like, like that one time through the order, if you, if you want to throw him for like three innings, say has a, a clean two innings or clean three innings, like it plays very well. I just think uh, now with the move that you have or with uh, Elzelai going down, not sure when he's going to be back. You know, we know he's going to miss some time here to start the season. Um, I think you're probably just going to give him a shot to kind of earn it at the beginning. And it kind of goes back to what you're saying there, Juice, like, you know, they're going to – they'll figure it out early on. Like, Ross will figure this thing out, kind of like use the early goings here to figure out how everything shakes out. And same thing with, goes for, like, Keegan Thompson because Keegan Thompson probably has, like – I don't know if he has the most, like, well, well-versed well arsenal out of, like, the guys that are battling, like the Alec Mills, the Justin Steeles, the Keegan Thompsons, like the guys that are actually – and we talked about Caleb Killian – but we don't know if that'll be like right off the bat or if that's like a May, June type move. I think he's the best out of all those options, like potential wise. I think we we can kind of maybe I don't know if we'll all agree on that, but like I feel like he's like the guy he's got that great stuff. Yeah, I think he's kind of like that guy that you're not gonna mess with. Like he's gonna come up and just start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I want to see what like I really want to see what Steel can do. But I wouldn't be shocked if anything. Like, I really wouldn't be shocked if any of these guys are back in the pen. Well, I think that's the beauty of it, right? Because even with the tough circumstances of losing a guy like Hoyer, there's still a little bit of optimism that you have guys you can move there if you feel comfortable with them pitching there, right? Right. Like, we've seen a lot of teams do this recently in the major leagues. It's kind of becoming a trend. And an easy example for us in Chicago, because they're just on the other side of town, is the White Sox. Garrett Crochet and Michael Mm -hmm. Kopech last season were like your young studs out of the bullpen that have a potential to start in the future. And they're going to try Kopech as the fifth starter this year, most likely. Like, or at least the, the fifth. He might even be the fourth. So the Cubs have options with guys like that, too. Like if Killian comes along by June, right? Because the service rule stuff has, I believe, changed with the with the the new CBA or the tentative CBA, whatever they're calling it. Like, I think, you know, that's going to be gone. So they can bring these guys up and let's use them now. Like, we're going to lose them anyway. Yeah, Killian could be that. Like, I was oh, just thinking, like, maybe they'll want him to start in Triple right. developmentally. I think they will, but like, uh, I think if I think he'll start at Double A. But if he comes out the gate and shoves for like the first three weeks, like his first three or four starts, kind of what he did this last season in high A ball, he had like a 32 to one strikeout to walk ratio. Like video game. 
It was stupid. Yeah, it was dumb. Like, if he comes out and does that in double A, yeah, you send him to triple A. And if he looks decent in four starts, five starts, six starts, he's getting a call to the show and giving a shot. Like, because they're in a developmental year. It's the time to let these guys shine. And and if they can come up and they're ready when they're younger, so be it. You'll get a couple guys that are ready to contribute earlier than others. Like, that's okay. You need that in the, the rebuild, right? You need to start to build that foundation. And they're that first wave, the guys that are ready to come up, like, early. And then you got all the guys coming behind them to fill in as people scatter and sell off and go other places and whatever. There's there's a lot of excitement to be had with that and options that you know we just dive you know dove into extensively, but we are starting to get a little close to the hour. So I do want to get us to the last subject that we wanted to talk about. We'll have to come back to that bullpen discussion before. No, that's I mean that's the start be, of the season. We should just do a two hour opening day <laughs> show where we can sit and talk about what we think is going to happen. But I'm down I mean, with that. I'm way. just it's it's just a matter of I I start to look at this roster and I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. Cause there's so much versatility that it's just great conversation to sit and think oh, absolutely. Like, where, where is this team going to go? And maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little, you know, look to the future for us in terms of a planning schedule for podcasts. Maybe we do do like a pre, you know, a pre opening day show. It'll, it'll have to be a pre show. Maybe that Wednesday night. Sure. Um, because I plan on being in the stands on opening do day. I. Okay, so but, we'll do it the night before, and then Juice and I will crack a beer, and Joey, you should come up for Friday's game, because I'll be there too. There we go. One of those games I'll be at. One for sure I'll be at. Okay, cool. I like that. So we're going we're gonna to have some cubbies on tap. Uh, goodness for people on the first two days of the season, but like... Like it's it's coming, guys. So we'll have to table that for that that show that's coming up inevitably on our radar, but... Last point that was worth talking about because Javi signed before the, the lockout went into effect. We knew he was a Tiger, and it's weird seeing him in Detroit Tiger gear. But it, like, weirdly fits. I don't know. It's strange. Um, White Sox fans love it because they can hate him even more now. Um not going to love it when they hit a walk-off bomb against him. I hope he does, and I hope he fucking chucks his bat at somebody because it would be fucking hilarious. You get him playing in Chicago, too, like – I'm just saying, that's the type of game that the Javi might get up That is the type of game that you'll have Cubs fans just go to in Javi gear to just cheer for Javi. Like, they don't care what happens. Ron, don't do this to them. Javi. Don't do this to them. Javi cheering. Just, yes, Javi, hit four home runs and go five for five today and steal home and be incredible and be in the competitive window ron you can't talk about this stuff right now bro detroit's gonna be detroit's gonna be a big pain in the ass for them and i'm gonna table this uh we're gonna have oh this is yep this is the pre-show save it save it we're gonna have to also talk about uh maybe doing a crosstown on tap like pre-opening day show (laughs) that'll be a three-hour marathon yeah and just dive into like all day coverage or all night coverage, it'll end up being. Wait, wait, wait! Chicago's got another baseball team. I think so. Oh, we have to give our shots fired. Fire. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> but like, I I'm think, just kidding. I, I'll, all I jokes think, aside, I I great think food Detroit's, over there. Yeah, I think Detroit's going to be a big pain in the ass for them this year, and that's going to piss off a lot of Sox fans because oh. I know how they operate. Because we have a lot of friends Either that way. are White Sox fans, nonetheless. You know um, who's in Detroit too? 
with uh, our boy Jammer Candelario, man. I think he's going to have a big There's year a bunch of former Cubs. Zach, Zach Short, too, right? Yeah, yeah Zach, Zach Short, Short Candelario, and now um, Chafin. Chafin. there too. Failed they got starter, a bunch baby. of former Cubs, dude. It's hysterical. They're going to be like, they're going to be like, Cubs North. That's just gonna it's, like. It's so weird out. to say that about De- Detroit, though. It's so. It is weird. weird to say that about Detroit because, like, we hate Detroit because you know, fuck the Red Wings. Nobody likes them. Yeah, and the Pistons too. Like every yeah Detroit winter team, like the Lions are, and the but, Lions are just trash. So we don't yeah. really care. <laughs> we don't care about the Lions. The Lions, are, really. the Lions are despicable to football. They wasted Matt Stafford. I can't. I can't. All right. Ugh. Last anyway. Topic. Yes, last topic. Get sidetracked oh, real fast. We're getting sidetracked. We're over the hour fast. here. Ron was about to DJ Chark talk. I can already I already felt no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> stop it, stop it. So the, the the final thought, the rest of the big guns started to sign from the core. Rizzo stays with the Yankees two years, 32 million. Bryant goes to the Rockies on a monster contract, seven years, 182 million. Comes in at 26 per year. Um, like that's, that's a big one. That's weird seeing him in Colorado. I don't like it. It's odd. I'm not a fan. I think he likes hitting there though. And maybe that was part of it. And, uh, and then finally, uh, Schwarber good for him. Got a big payday from the, uh, the Phillies and, uh, he's going to go hit bombs there for four years at 79 mil. So he's getting 19 per year. And how do we feel? Finally Cubs fans. This is the, this is the book being closed on most of these guys truly being gone for good now. And that's, that's, that's the end of the, that chapter in Cubs history. How do you guys feel about all those big guns now also signing and none of them can be Cubs anymore. Only Castellanos can come back now. I'll be quick. Good. I'm already, I'm on to the next. And thank you for everything you did. I appreciate it. And I do. I love those guys. Love what they did for the city. Love what they did for the franchise. If you look up and down, they lost not only baseball players, but great humans. You know, guys who did a lot for the city, community, things like that. But honestly, man, if you're if you're a Cub fan, and I, I don't like to call out fans. I don't. I don't like to tell people how to fan. But this may be the only time where I tell people how to fan. Move on. There's so much going on in front of us right now that is so great. And so exciting that you're missing things. You know, it's almost like it's almost like watching a trilogy movie and rewatching one and never going on to two to see like how the saga plays out. You know, you could sit and watch like over and over and over again. But if you don't sit there and watch everything play out and ride this story, what fun is that, man? Just move on. It's great. Thank you. Those guys will be in history in Chicago as the ones who brought you a World Series. But, man, it's been too long already. Six more years, I'm on to the next one. I want the next great Cub team because I'm a Cub fan. And I love them to death, and thank you. And I hope that they sing the seventh inning stretch years down the line, and I'll have hopefully a son or a daughter that is, you know, a, a Cub fan. And I'll point and say, I remember those guys. I watched them grow up. You know, and, and I loved what they did for the city. But hey, on to the next. Juice, you sound like such a dad. Joey, share share your thoughts. I mean, I might even sound like a dad too. Then, uh, and I don't even have any kids <laughs> yet. But I I got my little dogs here. They're you know they're like my kids. Um, 
there, some of the, like Juice said, I agree with everything you said, man. Like the, some of the most likable guys on the planet, these players, right? Just as people, as ball players, appreciate everything they did for the Cubs, uh, everything for me as a like just a fan myself, because they gave me some of the most happiest times of my life. Like we're talking about not just 2016, the, uh, obviously were the World Series, but 2015, all the years throughout. Like we just talked about how competitive the Cubs have been, or we talked about it earlier, uh, all throughout all these years. And, you know, I think sometimes fans are, they get down because they just want to see more and they want, they thought that this would be like, championship after championship after champ or world series appearance after world series appearance and you know what that's understandable i want i want the same thing right but uh the problem is is how hard it is to actually get there every year year in and year out i mean the dodgers are making it look easy right now but it is far from easy and yeah maybe they do have a little bit more talent than we've had all collectively right they've went out and spent some money they made some trades and i understand the uh the skepticism sometimes at times, but if you can't see like what you said, if you can't see what's in front of you at this very moment, then I don't know what to tell you. Cause I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying my hardest on Twitter. I'm trying my hardest in the articles that I write. I'm trying my hardest on these podcasts that we, we do these, these live streams to be that guy. That's like, everything's going to be fine. Like it's optimistic and, try to point you in the direction of like this direction I see. And yet you still have people on Twitter and on social media, on Facebook, whatever, like spouting off all this negativity about ownership and all this negativity about like the Cubs better spend now. Like if they don't get Correa, it's a complete waste. It's not like there are a lot of things here. If Angleton Simmons is the shortstop for one season, I will not lose sleep over that. Like if he, unless he's like, has like a 50 WRC plus by August and he's still starting every day. I might get a little upset, but like that's neither here nor there because then you have options that you can kind of mix guys in and out and then you give out more opportunities. I like what they're building. I like what they're doing. Let's see what they do with it. Like, I feel like we say this every episode or every show we do. Let's see what they do with it. They've made some moves. They haven't made the biggest moves that everybody wants, but there's a lot to be positive about. Yeah, I, I I have to agree. There is a lot to be positive about, but you know, it, it is still fun to to be nostalgic, right? I think, you know, because it was the team, like we would have felt this way about the teams, like, and we do, and they didn't even win championships, like the Kerry Woods and the Derek Lees and the Aramis Ramirez is like, you know, the Mark Priors and Sammy Sosa and you know, all these all these players that were like marquee superstars of this incredible Cubs history that just was championshipless, but had some of the best to ever play the sport. And then it was finally your that first, your first love, the first team that did it for you and, and broke the curse. And you know, so those guys are always gonna have a special place. They're gonna they're gonna be among Cubs royalty till the like they will become legendary in the sense of the, what is the Cubs franchise and the storybook that is what, you know, over a hundred years now, like there is that nostalgia and we'll always have that. And, it, and it's great. And it's going to suck that it, it didn't last longer. There's going to be little regrets. They're going to, there's always going to be the what if conversations because that team was so special, but like, it is exciting to see what they are building because there's a lot here that can 
this is a I think the Cubs are no longer the lovable losers. This is an organization now that's acquiring some of the best talent in the front office that now is acquiring some of the best talent through drafting, through trades, and through strategic free agent signings. They're going to build the right way and be a constant competitor. Yes, there's going to be higher highs in some years and lower lows in other years. And, you know, But the lower lows are going to be like the Cardinals. Oh, you're a bad team this year because you were like – you only won 75 games, but like you weren't atrocious, but you weren't good either. Like you, you, you were, you were in a rebuild year, but it's quick the next year, right? They're right back in the playoffs, you know, and the yeah. year after that, then all of a sudden they're like world series contenders sometimes because they draft and develop so well. Look what the Red Sox did. And I think yes. I brought this up or we've talked about it, but the Red Sox had that one year that was kind of like down. And then yeah. I think they've maybe done it even twice, but Boom, right back up to the top. Now they're contender again every year. Like, yeah, that could be us. Well, and, and Theo the and ride, Jed, guys. Yeah, and Theo, and, it. Theo yeah. and Jed, Theo and Jed helped create that engine in Boston, too. So, like, there is some architecture blueprint between these two franchises. Like, we'll it's always amazing have- to me, Ron, not to cut you off. It's amazing to me that we went from the, the fan base as a large portion of like loving players like David DeJesus. And Mike Fontenot to I, I what the hell that. is an Andrelton Simmons? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're snobby as hell now. It's so bad. It's weird. We're but yeah. yeah, no, it's okay. true. So like that's something to get excited about. This is a new era of Cubs baseball. They have the, the kids coming along that are going to fill in and continue to help build every year. And they're making these good moves. And like today, the Suzuki move is worthy. It's worthy of getting excited about, and that's that. It's it's okay to be nostalgic, but still get excited about the future. Don't don't dwell too much on the past, or you'll miss the present. Like be in the moment, enjoy this team for what it is. Enjoy sports for what it is. Like we've had sports taken away from us so much in the last like two and a half years, compared to almost any other time in in recent memory, just because of world events and crazy chaos and all of that. Like enjoy it. Cause it could, like, it could get taken away. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Be along for the ride. En- enjoy the past and appreciate it for what it is. But enjoy the present too, because the future is going to be bright and a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it, it it sucks to see him go, but there is good stuff coming along the way, gentlemen. Any final thoughts before we wrap up here uh, on a nice long and juicy detail edition of Cubs on Tap? I like the way you put that. He had to throw in, <laughs> yeah, in juicy way. I thought that was like a layup for juice. And he was going to end like or start talking, but well, um, I missed it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> We've had too much juice tonight. Um, no, I, I guess I just want to say too, like as we were talking about that subject, I uh, our final thoughts. I, I love the move that they made today, the big move. I like some of the the ancillary moves that they've made. And I didn't want to make it sound like as I was just talking there. I didn't want to, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't appreciate what these Cubs did that the that everyone's clamoring over to they wanted to bring back so bad. I would have loved any one of them to come back as much as the next person if not more. Like depending on who it is and your favorite cub, my favorite cub, they're all my favorites. Like I don't want to make it sound like I didn't, I didn't appreciate them because I absolutely do. My, 
And Joey, Joey, yeah. my favorite is coming back. They're going to re-sign Nick. You didn't know that? I would love it. Nicky two bags. Let's go, Ron. I know you're thrilled about that. Oh, I'd be over the moon. Absolutely over the moon. But yeah, I mean that's that that really is right. That like that's that that is what it is. Like they moved on. We got to move on too. We'll appreciate the nostalgia, but we'll uh, you know we'll clear it out from the past. Juice, your uh, your final thoughts. Well, they don't. They're not cup related, but uh, there's a rumor going around that the Cardinals were one of the teams that vetoed the uh, baseball coming back. Just want yes, to reiterate that uh, St. Louis sucks. And they don't deserve to have a team. <laughs> if they really wanted to veto, they should have just kicked them out. I mean, we'd be way better off without that dump of a franchise down there that's just sucking money off of the MLB right now and doesn't want to play baseball. So I'm going to end every podcast like I like to end it with. Fuck the Cardinals. That was poetic and beautiful, Juice, and I'm, I'm I'm appreciative of that little rant. Yeah, uh, the teams that it was were were no surprises by any means. The Mets suck. The Yankees suck. The Cardinals suck. Like it was all the teams that sucked, and it was the Astros suck. Like all the teams that suck said no. We're not shocked. So, um, but the Cubs said yes because we want to play baseball and we want to see them play baseball. That's my final thoughts. We got baseball starting tomorrow, folks. Be sure to Damn tune right. in the next the next podcast we do. We are going to be talking about some spring training games, things that we've noticed that are coming up over the next you know seven to ten days. Uh, you know because we finally have spring training baseball, and it comes on St. Patty's Day. So crack open a nice Guinness hashtag crack them with us on St. Patrick's Day. It's gonna be fun. We'll be wearing our green all day. I'm sure it's gonna be all over Twitter. We hope you join in with us as well in the fun festivities that are. The official start of the weekend, according to ONTAP Sportsnet, which is a Thursday, not a Friday. Uh, always remember, Crack'em Thursdays are very much a thing. But gentlemen, besides telling people to get excited about baseball, because I'm getting excited about baseball, we also need to remind everybody, the Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network. You can check out all of our great work, www.ontapsportsnet.com, at ONTAP Sportsnet, on social media. You can follow all of us on Twitter. I am at Loose on Tap. Juice is at Juice on Tap. And Joey knows nothing on Twitter. And it's the I and the N because that helps spell win. Let's go. I love it. Little, I love little, it, Ron. Nice little, throw, little throw to on Tap Bets as well because not only can you find us on Twitter and on Tap Bets on Twitter and all of our other great sports, Blackhawks, Bears, Bulls, and yes, we have even socks for our Sox fans too. Um, you know, but we don't only have that. You can also follow us personally as a podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at Cubbies on Tap. Be sure to do that and follow all of our great content because we have it coming for you all year long talking about your favorite Chicago sports team. So once again, www.ontapsports.com at ontapsports.com on social media. Sign up with our friends uh, over at Bet Rivers. Uh, promo code on tap for a deposit match of up to 250 bucks. If you don't already have an account with them, be sure to sign up with them now. And uh, the Untap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports, gentlemen. This was a blast. Always a good time. We went a little longer than we initially discussed. That's okay. There's a lot of baseball to talk about. We'll be on the mic a little more regularly during the regular season. We'll be talking about this team uh, much more in depth than we have been during the lockout and stoppage. So, gentlemen, thank you to you two. And uh, what do you say? We get out of here the only way now. Let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs. Let's go Cubs.